Welcome to episode 95 of Broad Street Hustle. We um, missed the show last week for, might have been the first time ever? Just a second, I think. We made, maybe second. I think it was second. Yeah. yeah. But there was not much going on in the world of sports, so it was a good time to miss. And there's still not that much going on in the world of sports, but we'll figure something out. We got the normal people today, Jason Sand. Hey, Tom. Hello. We got... Jimmy Detroit. I'd like to say the extra week off has helped me get an intelligent thought or two ready, but I'd be setting the bar pretty high if I went that way. So we'll see how it goes. And for people on YouTube, I got my Harper wearing like Castellanos. And this is my last jersey of a current player. So we're going to have to break out the old guys. Um, okay. So sixes. We're going to talk sixes, Phillies, and the Fountain of Youth. But we're going to start with the Sixers. So Embiid may be back in March, they're saying, I heard. Um, but without Embiid, they're terrible. So Jason, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the last thing I heard was they're talking about the last week of March. So it's like another month of him being out. I don't see how they're going to survive. Um, they're definitely not going to survive not ma not getting into that play-in uh series or play in tournament, whatever they call it. Um, I think there's no doubt they're going to be in that tournament, which is yeah, a one and done thing. One loss. They have one less loss than Indiana and Orlando. So one or yeah, I mean, they could lose to basically any team they play at, at this point. Like they're just, they're a mess. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I, I mean, I'll start with Tobias Harris. I, I can't believe that he listed his entire contract here. Like that contract was so bad that you couldn't get rid of him. You you just couldn't get rid of him. Like it, that, that contract set, set the franchise back years, years. So whoever, whoever's idea it was to, to sign him to that contract should be fired and then hired and refired again. Because he's, he is an he's gotten worse. He's worse. But it, it, I, there's not one thing about his game that I like. Not one. I saw a stat where Lowry took. Did you see this? Lowry took the charge a couple games ago. He now has more charges taken than Tobias Harris in his whole Sixers career. Yeah, he's soft. I mean, is he's that soft unbelievable? Finish, right? Have you ever yeah. seen him dive on a ball and come up with a ball? Dive on the floor and come up with a ball. He, I, there's not one thing about his game that I like. Um, the other thing I'll jump into is Buddy Heald. I think you could see the warts on him as a player, right? He's a great shooter. There's no doubt. Um, but he, uh, he's a terrible passer. Like he throws so many passes that get intercepted that I, I can't even imagine. So he turns the ball over in, in that regard. Now, you have to wait and see how he's going to play with Embiid because I think he will be. I think he'll be what Seth Curry was and what Reddick was with Embiid, but probably better because he's 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 a better scorer than those guys. Like he could he could actually take to the hoop and score, but he can't do much else but 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 shoot. You know he could shoot. He's a great shooter. Yeah, I think it was the ABC broadcast referenced that too because he was bad against Milwaukee, right? He missed. I don't terrible and hit it three. And it was like when his shot is off, he needs to do the other things. And, and he can't. Can't, right. He, the, the game against, it was the last game they played Boston. 
he had the first two baskets of the game for the Sixers. And that was it. He didn't score again the rest of the game. He disappears. He's so you can see his warts. Um, got to see how he's going to play with Embiid. But, you know, his contract's up at the end of the year. You can't be giving that guy more than like fifteen million a year. If he wants, if he wants twenty, twenty-five million, I think he, I think you gotta let him go. But we'll see. Maybe he's better with Embiid. Now their their team now, you know, obviously stinks. But they also like was at the Milwaukee game. They, Tyrese Maxey needs to take more shots still, without even without yeah. Embiid. Like, I just think that, that he gets, he's getting Melton swarmed. was taking a bunch of shots. Um, uh, Oubre was taking a bunch of shots. Yes. I think they're taking it away from him because he, they know that he's the only guy that could score. So they're, yeah, he's, he's, he's got to work harder and it's tough. Get it's tough for him to get, get as many shots as he could, as you want him to get because they know it. The other teams know it. Like who else is scoring besides Maxi? Yeah, Harris isn't. Um, Chalky, your thoughts? You know, the um, if you got if you look at the team as it's constructed right now, minus Embiid, let's say they start the year with this and Embiid tore his ACL, and you know he's out for the year. If everybody plays their best, they're competing for the sixth, maybe fifth seed in the conference. So you don't have a great roster right now. And, you know, it was constructed knowing that Embiid was hurt but or was going to play and come back. So the I knew it was going to be a little bit of, of a struggle. And, you know, you're, you're just... It's ugly because you you know you're not getting everybody else stepping up, and Harris is probably playing the worst ball of his tenure here at this point. Statistically, I mean his, especially from three, he, this is the worst his worst season since I think 2015, 2016. So before he even got here, you know, if you got his typical production over the last couple of years, which might not be outstanding, they probably won at least one or two other games of these close games that they lost. You know, he was shooting 38, 39% from three. Now he's shooting like 33, which is like bottom, which is like mediocre, not awful, but you're still kind of below average. Um, so if he's not hitting shots, you know, it really felt, uh, falls on Maxi. And Maxi, you know, had a huge game against what Cleveland was at their last win. Um, he had a big night that night, hit a couple shots at the end. Now Cleveland was down Mitchell, I think. So he's maybe their best player, one of their better ones. So they weren't at full, but they're still the second seed in the conference and they're holding there for now. Um, you know, some of the loss they had, Knicks, Bucks, Celtics, like they're not surprising that, you know, they're losing these games without Embiid. Um, and they actually hung with Boston for a while, uh, you know, but they're not expected to win these games. And then, you just, you know, Melton's in and out of the lineup. He hasn't played that much. Batum is in and out. And then some games he's putting up P.J. Tucker numbers where he's not even taking a shot. Um, Batum is out, 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 and in. You know, like so it's like... He plays one every four games. You have a rotating cast of characters. And Buddy, you know, in order to maximize Buddy Heald and minim, you know, maximize his potential and minimize his efficiencies, you have to have him beat in there because right now he's your second best offensive option. Like... If Embiid's in the lineup, you're running through Maxi Embiid, and then he's swinging out there. Without Embiid and with Harris playing the way he is, you know, Ricky Council, you're going to count on Ricky Council for 15 points a game coming off the bench. Is he, they just don't have any consistent options otherwise. And uh, Paul, Paul Reed can't play defense. So it's... Can't, he couldn't stop me. No, Wait. they're all... It's, it's... I mean, I'm not really watching most of these games because it's like, to me, it's like off their underdogs where they got some scrappy kids but like they're just they're a complete mess and maxi's really the only player 
worth watching consistently night after night. And it's not worth my time to turn the channel on at this point. I'll read the recaps and watch some of the highlights, but um, it's rough. And, you know, they're not going to fall out of the play-in. Um, but if, you know, if Embiid's back in a month, that's, you have a few games before the playoffs. But again, I wouldn't rush him back if he's not going to be 100%. And I don't, honestly, I don't like the fact that he's also focusing on playing in the Olympics this year. Like, I, I don't need you playing for Team ESA. I'm sorry. Like, you need an offseason to rest. Like, he's he's not the most sturdy player. So now he's going to go play in the Olympics. I I, I, I mean, it, it, it's going to be a mess if he doesn't, you know, kind of keep things under wraps until the playoffs, I think, and then tries to play through an offseason where he's coming off a major surgery. So, um. Yeah, it's a shame because they had a little bit of a cushion up to that seven, you know, the play in and that completely got wiped out quick. Um, yeah, they're, now, they're a good. If it beats healthy, they're a good team. I mean, yeah. and they, they haven't figured out like the Low putting Lowry in with that second unit and who are you playing with the second unit there? You could tell that been kind of like feeling it out still. Yeah. So, and I, I, I mean, I like the Lowry signing, but I mean, to me, he's been more of a contributor I and mean, he's not playing every night yet still but he's been more of a contributor coming off in that spot and he's almost i mean if you're just talking about contribution he's played himself into a starting role in the lineup i mean you can't really if you take him and put him in now then you got nothing coming off the bench but um he's played a little better than i would have thought he would even in a limited role yeah i mean he could still distribute and run the offense when they don't want him actually taking out but no i think he could give you a strong 15 minutes a game Right, and that's probably all he is. So and you wouldn't a, start him. No, you have yeah. to take him off. The you limit his, you limit his minutes, and you know. But I mean, look, Embiid was, you know, there was two months left in the season, but Embiid was having a historic season. Like he was putting up numbers that only I forget what the stat was that I should have wrote it down. But he was averaging thirty five points a game, and whatever stat it was coming in at, it was like it's only been done once in an NBA season before, and it was Will Chamberlain in sixty two, sixty three. So it's only been done once, and it was done. Once in the whole 60 years. He aver I think he averaged 50 points a game that year, I, I believe. He might have. That was that might have been, scored it, it was one of the, it was around one to score and things. But I mean, like... Where you're like averaging more points than... Points per minutes. That's that exactly stuff. it. He was yeah. averaging more yeah. points per minutes played per game. Yeah. And it's been done once in NBA history. Uh, so, and not to say he would have kept up the whole year, but, you know, Jesus. He was halfway through the season averaging 35 points. Like, that's ridiculous. And... Yeah, and even you see, like, like Jason said, Maxie's not doing what he was with Embiid on the court. Even Harris wasn't playing awful with Embiid. Now he's just awful. So, um, yeah, I don't know. No. Does Embiid come back and give you enough time? This might be another lost season and another year on Embiid. So we shall see. I think uh, me and Jason both had, I had the Sixers going into the championship or winning. Jason had them coming out of the second round as our 2024 whatever yep. prediction. So. Yeah. Not looking too good. Not looking good. All right, let's move to the Phillies. Something that could be looking pretty good. They open up March 28th at home against Atlanta. Um, feels like they haven't been home for... Have they opened at home for a while? I know last year they didn't. They usually open on the road. It's been a while. Yeah, right. So, um, and I think the last time they played Atlanta, that opening day was um, where they had to lead in the late innings and they blew it. I mean, I think Nolan yeah. was on them. Yeah, and they came back. Mm -hmm. And I think their their last home opener was 
first game was two years ago. They opened with the Athletics. I think that was Schwarber led off in the first game. Schwarber hit a home run. That was their yeah, first, yeah, 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 game one at home, but last one. Like. So who's going to start opening day? Do they give it to Nola just because that's what they do? No, it'll be Wheeler. You think it'll be Wheeler? I would think Isn't it's Nola Wheeler. Isn't Nola having like the sixth year in a row streak or something? No, Wheeler yeah. last year. No, I, I think it was for opening day. It was Nola. I'm almost positive it was Wheeler. Because wasn't Wheeler? I think Wheeler was the second game. Yeah. Really? I think it was. Yeah, like, um, now I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, but well, I think I, it was like six in a row or something like that. Yeah, I think Wheeler had the last one or two, but Noel had had a streak before that. I'm almost positive Wheeler I started the last Noel, two, I, I believe. I think Noel still has the, um, the opening day streak, I think. Or is it 12. the home open streak? Uh, he's got something. Let's see. Okay, Texas last year. The starter was Aaron Nola. Went three and two thirds with five earned runs. Yeah, he they got Rockets. Really? And then we'll, Zanya, I think he started like six in a row. I'm almost positive he started that athletics game we were talking about the the short yeah, year. Really. I don't remember, but that was Wheeler's first year. So yeah, that probably would have been Nola. So yeah, that sounds yeah. right. I guess. I'm sorry, I might think that. So they might give it to Nola as the token. You know, got his contract. You know. Yeah, maybe but that Atlanta series is big to open to open up. I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of thing, it's hundred yeah uh, sixty two games. But you know, you you want to fight for the division, you want to get out hot, and the Phillies have not the last few years. No, you know? getting out to a hot start is uh, is pretty big. Um, Jason, just start talking about the Phillies, and we'll we'll uh, throw some questions. Well, <clears throat> you know, you talk about starting pitchers. I'm convinced. I'm kind of glad it didn't happen before this podcast because I want to look right. Um, but I'm convinced that if they offered all that money to Yamamoto, they know they need a, a start, another player. Yeah, right. And I'm convinced that they're in on Montgomery. Um, and the reason I say that is, um, and may, maybe Snell also, but I think more Montgomery. Um, you know, what I said about Yamamoto, but I also was listening to a show the other day and, um, it was, uh, Jim Duquette, you know, he's a former GM, uh, it's the MLB serious show. And, uh, he said, he was like, Dombrowski has a great relationship with Boris. And he said, Dombrowski is a silent assassin. He was like. Nobody knows that he's in on something. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's in on something. So um, I really think that um, that they're going to offer Montgomery some kind of deal similar to what Bellinger got. So why, why have they waited? Is it Montgomery? Well, because I think they... So here's the thing, right? Um, Wheeler's last year on this contract is this year, right? Um and then they're going to have to re-sign him, and he's going to get a lot of money. So what I think they're going to do is I think they're going to offer Montgomery a huge deal for this year with an option. Um, you know, maybe like something like Bellinger got. Like, you know, we'll give you $25 million this year with an option for next year, you know, whichever way the option goes, a player option for this amount of money or whatever. Um, because... They could afford him this year, but they might not be able to afford him at that contract next year. And then you also have, don't forget, you're going to have Painter next year. He's going to be ready to start, right? He might be in your rotation. Um, yeah, Abel, you gotta, that was one of my questions. Is he 
maybe on the time this year or I, I more think that he's going to be used as a trade chip, but possibly, I mean, he might be, you know, a guy that you're looking to for your future. So, you know, I don't think they want to give Montgomery a big deal. And I think Montgomery is the one who's looking for a big deal. And if he doesn't get it, then that's where Dombrowski's going to jump in. So what say, hey, is, what's the age of Montgomery? Like, just go through some of it. Uh, he's probably late 20s, Jim. You probably know. That uh, I was going to say me, 28, I, I would, 29, maybe. Something like um, that. Yeah. Don't know that for sure. I can, yeah, I, I would say thought, that. But... Um, so I think, I think it's, you know, the Phillies don't want to offer him four years, and he's probably looking for four years, and the Phillies probably want to offer him two years. You know, big this year with an option for next year. So yeah, they're just going to lay and wait till he doesn't get the big contract and then mm-hmm. jump in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was so. Another one of my questions was who's still out there? Who could they acquire? Sounds like their position players, they, I think Dombrowski said there was one position that was like up for grabs. And other than that, it's pretty much locked in, right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if you want to talk to Chalky next or you want me to keep going, but I have, I have opinions on Murrayfield. All right. Now, uh, Chalky, just like overall with the Snells, and then we'll, we'll go back to some questions. Yeah. So quickly, both Snell and Montgomery are 31, which is older than I thought, oh, at wow. least on Montgomery. Um, you know, coming into the offseason, I mean, they were, these guys were the two, two top pitchers that were established in Major League Baseball that were actually going to pitch this year. I mean, you could say Yamamoto was the big fish. He's never pitched in the MLB, though. And then you have Otani, who's not pitching this year because of the Tommy John. So it's kind of, I mean, some, you know, players are signing later and later, but I, I, I can't remember, like, top tier pitchers waiting this long for the most part. Seems like, you know, obviously Harper signed late and there's a couple other guys that came in later. So to see these guys still out there is still a little um is still a little surprising, I guess. I I mean I agree with Jason when you know, I, I thought they might, you know, I didn't know if you know, they like Stroman, but the kind of deal Stroman got a, a couple weeks ago from the Yankees at two years, you know, I thought that might be in the ballpark of what they were going for. And I was thinking along the same lines as him with, you know, Bellinger just signed a three-year deal with a player opt-out after each of the first two years. Um, I thought they might be more inclined to give that to, say, Snell than Montgomery because Snell has been very, he's won the Cy Young twice, but when he doesn't win the Cy Young, he's very average um, and his postseason stats are not really anything special. So Montgomery's coming off of a, a World Series win. I think that, and he's a lefty, so they might be more inclined to go that way too. So I, I'm in agreement um, there, um, because that's really the. I mean, you know, there wasn't really a big bat that we necessarily expected them to get. So it was like, what are they going to do with the pitching? And they made the record offer for Yamamoto, and you know, they weren't outbid by the Dodgers. Um, and then you saw some of the other guys move, like you know, Burns was the name everybody thought they'd be in on, and he goes to Baltimore, and you know, Baltimore might have had the best farm system, so they might have had more. Allen to uh to give up but some of these trades have gone down dodgers added a glass now in the trade and they haven't been in the mix for any of those guys so i think they have to have their eyes on one of these two left and you know they i think they're probably in play for both whether they can hook either one of them we'll see but i think that's really the when the bullpen they didn't really bring anybody in either so i mean pitching yeah, at either side is really where you kind of needed something and they haven't done it yet so you got to expect them to try to do something yeah, I mean, honestly, though, their starting pitching right now is probably the best it's been in, I mean, for a while, right? Not that it's been good, but this is probably with Ranger healthy as your three. Um, 
who else? Walker and Sanchez, who who looks okay. So maybe they go in and make a trade midseason, like we we said in the past as well. Um, lineup. Let's talk lineup. It's everybody's favorite. Jason, what what are you doing in the lineup? Well, I wanted to talk about Merrifield. I I, I really really like that signing because I, I I think I think he's going to get about four hundred at bats this year. Like you're going to see him play everywhere like he's going to play left he was field. didn't he had a season where he was like phenomenal right yeah he led the, le- he led, the, led the league in hits a couple he's years been an ago all-star. he was a late bloomer he didn't come up till he was like 27 yeah. or 28 right so he started late but he had a couple really good uh really right. good all-star yeah. seasons yeah. led the league in steals three times um so and so he's he play, in a two position well he's going to play everywhere like he's going to play left He's going to play center. He's going to play. I think he's going to back up Harper first base. Um, he could play second base. Like he's going to play all over the. He might even be able to play right field. I'm not sure, but I know he plays left and center. Um, so I I'm think sure you're going to right. you're going to see him a lot out there. Uh, you know. So um, and he's got speed. You know, some more stolen bases now and stuff. So that's a big. That's a big signing. Um, lineup itself, uh, you know, I think which could change. So, like, if Whitfield's in the lineup, they might you might see something different. He might not just play where like Marsh was going to be or something like that. Too. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. I mean, I I still think they're Thompson like Schwarber leading off. So I think Schwarber's going to lead off, and you're going to have Turner second. You know, Harper he also third. wants to keep righty lefty. He's like made it clear yeah. that that mm-hmm. big on that. So, so if you, you go, go with Turner, you're kind of stuck with who would, who do you go to, who do you go three? Well, Turner, uh, yeah, okay. So if you're saying, well, you, then you probably do Turner, I Schwarber? guess Schwarber. Right. So why I would you do Harper? Tomorrow? Yeah. Right, but know. then you swap for three. Now you got Boom. Yeah, or Castellanos. Yeah, I don't, right. or Real Muto. I'm not sure. Uh, so it's probably going to be Schwarber, Turner, Harper, any of those guys we just mentioned, Remuto or Castellanos or Bohm for. I think they're going to give Bohm another legitimate chance to. I agree. Protect. Yeah, they should. He's probably the. Well, I mean Turner's probably their best pure hitter, but I mean Bohm. Bohm's right there. I mean the guy. I think Bohm is going to be a 280, 20 home run guy for his career. And I think last year we all thought he was going to take like a bigger leap that he actually did last year. We we said he was primed for it, and he was their best hitter with runners in scoring position. Yeah, so best RBI. I think did he wasn't there best RBI guy or maybe not. I don't know, but he was up there in RBI. He was right under a hundred. Did anybody hit a hundred? I Schwarber might have got a hundred. It was probably if it, he was right under a hundred. Cassianos, I think, got a hundred too. Actually, Cassianos had a good year. If you look at his stats, Cassianos. He hit like 270 with 28 home runs and 100 RBIs, I think, last he year. Had, so He was like leading the league in doubles at one point. Mm-hmm. He might have even been up there. It was the, the problem with Cassianos is he finished how he finished. Yeah, he cooled off. I mean, he made the all-star team and then cooled off some of the second half. Yeah. Yeah, picked it up a little bit in the off-season. No, but post-season. in the playoffs, he was phenomenal. And then well, those last four games happened. against Arizona were just mm-hmm. bad, or last five games, really, I think, for him. But uh, yeah. Chalky, yeah, with the lineup, you see it the same with Schwarber. I mean... 
Yeah, so I, I mean, yeah. So uh, Cassianos led the team with 106 uh, RBIs last year. Uh, Schwarber had 104. So both of them broke 100. Bohm was third with 97. Harper, of course, didn't play the full year, still got 72. Um, I mean, I think the first four are what we've said. And the question is, you come to five. So if you're going to play lefty-righty, then that's Stott. Um, I don't know. I mean, he look, he... he he played well at times last year. I don't, I would probably try to put, yeah, I would, I would kind of, I I mean, me, I would probably look at Real Muto and maybe Stott six, Castellano seven, you know, I know you don't want three, you you don't want three righties in the middle, but I just, I don't know if Stott, the fifth spot is really right for him yet. Well, Here's the thing with Stott, though. He, you know, he's a year older. I think he's. I think he's going to improve the way Bowl improved. Mm. Like Stott, Stott was a was he top five draft pick? Where was he drafted? Top ten, definitely top ten. So I mean, he's a hell of a player, and he's going to he's going to be a year better. And I I thought I saw somebody say they think at some point he's going to win a batting title. I don't know yeah, who said that. I've heard that. Um, so what do you want out of your five hitter? Like what is is he RBIs? Is he on base? You know, like typically, uh, he's on base. Guys are on base and you know, him, right? old school used to be your meat of the order was your RBI guys, yeah. but now you know, you know. Listen, it's not. Listen, it's not the worst thing in the world to have Castellanos hitting seventh. Yeah, he's not a bottom of your order, and you know, that's we said in the league, That's what that helped them in the players because it was. They never got the break in the lineup. Your seven right. hitter was a guy who can hit a home run. Right. You still have Marth, right? Who's a decent hitter. Um, and then you know, I, you guys might lift, but I, I, and I can't remember who it was now, but it's somebody I respect. They predicted that Rojas will lead the Phillies in WAR this year because of his defense. Because of, I guess because of his defense, yeah. but <laughs> had to heavily you know. be on his defense, or unless they walk him every time. Three hundred, three hundred. He season. did. I mean, he didn't have a ton of a bad spot. I think his post the postseason kind of yeah, it's the last thing we think of with him too, kind of like Castellanos. I mean, I think for me, a five. If you're hoping, you know, Schwarber is Schwarber, but you're going to hope that Turner, Harper, Bohm are hitting around three hundred. So five, I want a guy that's going to get him home. So an RBI guy that's going to clear the deck and then, you know, it doesn't be a home run, but then, you know, you could have guys at six and seven that can hit for average with a little bit of pop too, uh, if necessary. And then you, your guys at the back of the lineup. I mean, if Merrifield is able to contribute like he has in the past, like if you get a guy that can get on base and steal a base, now you got Schwarber coming up. If he bats eight, nine, and you got Schwarber coming up behind him. You know, if Schwarber swing of the fences, it's a long fly ball. He's either he's maybe getting him home or he's moving him along or he's got somebody on on base in front of him now. It's a two run home run. Um I mean, you know, your hope is that those two, three, four guys are gonna be somewhere in the two seventy five to three hundred range as far as average. And then your five guy is hopefully a guy that will get him home, even if he doesn't have a, a, the same kind of batting average. Um Yeah, I I like Stat at five because he's gonna see a lot of pitches. He's gonna fail a lot of pitches off. So that pitcher is going to get through Stott, and then he's going to, you know, say, I just threw a ton of pitches and start trying to get strikes and quick outs, and the guys that aren't as good are now going to see better pitches is kind of how I see it. So, 
Yeah, I think Snyder will hit fifth. I really um, do. And then, yeah, Morris, is he in a platoon situation? Or are they going to give him lefties? He's going to put... In the you playoffs, know, he hit lefties. Yeah, I like Marsh. I think Marsh is going to play a lot more this year. And I think, you know, he'll be spelled by Merrifield against top righty, uh, lefties. Uh, Pache seems to be going to be... Pache's been hitting pretty well in, in the... In the uh, in his preseason. So, you know, he's going to battle at Rojas for, for center field. You just wish one of them hit lefty, hit left-handed. Um, so they could platoon, but, um, you know, he's going to make the team. So, you know, I just think Murrayfield's going to get a lot of at-bats in left and a lot of at-bats in center. And then when Harper, you know, if you want Harper to DH a game, you know, he'll play first base. Um, if you want Harper totally to take a day off, you know, stuff like that. He's your backup first baseman now. Yeah, I mean, the problem with Harper, DH and his Swerver plays, does he plays almost every game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, a big game here and there, you want Swerver to have a day off, you know. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, um, if you want to pace the guys out, I mean, like Jason, you'd said how many, I mean, he could play three, four games a week easily and not play the same position twice in the same week. Like if you want oh, to yeah. spread it That's out. That's right thing. Like, I mean, you know, hopefully he's not really, health isn't a concern, but Harper hasn't played a full season in the last two seasons. So if you're not going to push him to play honor in 62, maybe give him a couple extra days off, you know, he can slide in there or does he play third at all? I'm not sure. I don't know if like they would, you know, if you want to mess with Bohm at first and let him play third just to, try something but I, it, there really isn't a reason to because he can play first obviously so um but i mean that versatility is you could you could play him three four times a week in four different positions and give staggered rest if you're trying to gear up for the playoff run yeah that's huge i mean they already it seems like their bench is going to be better than it was last year because they didn't get a ton of production from the bench during the season um so that that should help uh the closer what are they doing there I think it's the kid. Is the, is the closer not on the team or is it somebody? I think it's Kirkering. I think they're going to try Kirkering. So, I mean, I know Thompson basically said they're going to use by committee, but I think, yeah. I think they want it to be Kirkering. But maybe he just doesn't want to say that right now. I mean. But if it's have... like a lefty lineup in the ninth and they still have Alvarado. Or... Yeah, I, there's not going to be a dedicated guy. Where he's like, okay, this is the closer. They got his music and the lights and all that shit. When the well, I can't swear on this right, but whatever. They, like you know, coming in, that they're not gonna have that kind of setup necessarily. But I, I yeah, I think they're gonna start with with the kid and then Alvarado and even Dominguez if he's healthy. will probably get some looks depending on the situation. Um, I think they have five guys that could close. I think Hoffman could close. Yeah, I, I think even think of him. and yeah. I think Strom could close, and really Soto could close. He looked terrible last year, but he was he was a closer yeah. for the Tigers. So I mean, you basically have six guys that could close. You basically, for me, you have five guys I would feel comfortable doing. Like I don't, I won't feel comfortable at Soto yeah, at all sorry. after last year. Um, and I don't know if I feel comfortable Kirkering yet, but eventually. But, and um, Dominguez, at times he did, but at times he was also. Yeah, you got to see what, you can, what you're can, you going to get out of him. I mean, he's probably got the best stuff out of anybody. Um, So, 
Maybe it's him. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I see it as a committee in the beginning, unless somebody like wins it, you know, kind of goes into that role and wins the role. Um, but definitely by uh, committee to start. Uh, so I only got a couple more here. How about the, can they win the division? Legitimately, can they win the division? I mean, they lost by how many games last year? I think Double they could punch. Right? Yeah, I, I think they could. They, they got a hell of a team. So did they, Atlanta take any step backwards? Or they no, I like mean, they made their rotation better. I still don't like their, their bullpen, like the back of their bullpen. Um, they don't really. I mean, Iglesias is still their closer. He's not special. But, I mean, their lineup's still sick. And uh, they added Chris Sale as their th- number three starter. I mean, if he's anything like he yeah, was in the past, I don't know if, you know, he's past he his prime at this point. He doesn't stay healthy. Is no. But they, you know. Um, they but have, like, they have a factory of arms. Have they just have, they have like three or four guys they call up every right. year that can come in and pitch like, yeah, you know. Exactly. But like guys like Olsen, does he have the same year that he had no, this year? I don't think he's going right. to hit 54 home runs again, right. but he's still a hell of a player. If he hits 37, it's still going to be a huge year. Like the, you're hugely, hugely productive yeah, I mean, in that Riley lineup. It's almost 20 less, but still. Um, Riley so that can, means the Phillies got to play better, right, to win the division. Yeah. Because we don't think. So their starts have been terrible. So they have to get off to a better start than they did the last couple of years. So I had they, first... they also didn't have Harper last year. Remember? That's yes, right. that was when I was going to make that point. That was huge. Where right. I mean, the record Schwarber with Harper coming back, yeah. But... Schwarber doesn't hit in April, so maybe they should or May for that. Yeah, Schwarber yeah, doesn't hit with... till June. Really, lead off with Turner for the first. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you know, last year really you had no Harper till what Mother's Day or end of May. Turner was not playing well at the beginning of the season and up to like the All Star break, and Schwarber started slow. So right off the bat, and your pitching yeah, was actually. Alciano's was pretty much their whole deal. Yeah, in the first, I mean, first at, if you like their pitch, and and so I mean, I guess Wheeler was pretty consistent, maybe for three, but now nah, and Ranger was out, right? Ranger was out. Ranger. So like yeah, you know, yeah. they guys out and they guys not playing well. So like you know, that's the, that ball club in the second half, even through the playoffs. Like yeah, I would put them up against anybody, even though obviously they didn't win the World Series. Um, if they can play that kind of ball throughout a whole season, I mean, Atlanta is the deserving favorite. And if you look at like, you know, the betting odds now, like Dodgers are the heavy NL favorite, but they're like plus 180. Atlanta is like plus 350, I think. And the only other team in What is Atlanta for the division? I haven't looked at the division. So the Phillies are like 700-ish. They're the only team in single digits. And the next one is like 1,600. So like those three teams, there's a gap in the betting, but they're grouped together very much separate from the rest of the National League right now, as far as the lines are going. So- their Phillies are getting some respect in that, and they're saying, "Yeah, Atlanta is still likely to win the division." Atlanta probably is an odds, probably less than even money right now. If I had to, I'll pull the lines up while we talk. But the Phillies are getting respect to be, you know, a get back to the playoffs and b be able to make a run in there, even if they don't get to the division again. I mean, they should have been in the World Series last year. Yeah, it would have been two years in a row. They might have won it. So yeah, of course. So their first fifteen, I guess fifteen, unless they have a four game series, Atlanta, Cincy. At Washington, at St. Louis, Pittsburgh. I mean, they should get off to a good start. The problem is, um, you know, we mentioned Turner. If you look at his stats, he hits three something in August and September, but he's a he's slow another starter. slow starter. So, like, you know, you have Schwarber and Turner that are going to start slow, um, for the most part. So, 
you know, it might be tough for them to get out to a slow. You know, the Brave series is tough. I think the Reds are going to be better this year. I think the Cardinals are going to be better this year. I think the Pirates might be a little better this year. So, and the Pirates think, usually start off actually well and drop off as the season goes. Right. On. I don't think the I don't think that's an easy start. Uh, yeah. So I mean, you don't want to be in the same situation you were last year, where you had to win all those games as the season went on. Uh, that's all I got. You guys got any uh, any questions or anything no, we can cover that you want to talk about the Phillies? No, I would just throw out that we're going to do our baseball preview next next week, right? So next week, yeah. So we'll yeah. have uh, we'll have uh, our draft, right? Mm-hmm. We'll do the draft and Drop then we'll do drops each division. Mm-hmm. Who we have as you know early World Series uh, winners. So it should be. It's usually a pretty good show, and then we have um, some gaff as well coming up, um, and we got horses, which we're going to move to right now. Uh, just real, uh, real is, quick before we go to that, the Braves are minus two forty uh, to win the division. What is that in relations to other divisions? They are the they are the second heaviest favorite the behind Dodgers. the Dodgers. Dodgers are probably Dodgers are minus four fifty. Yeah, um, right. But the Phillies, which, that, which is a lot, then two forty is a lot. Yeah, Phillies are plus three three ten right now. So they have the Phillies as the third for the World Series, but not winning the division, which means they're yes, you know, obviously. Playing in all the uh, wild card stuff. All right, let's uh, let's move to the Fountain Youth. We're covering uh, Gulfstream Park. It is a six ten start. It is a mile and sixteenth. This is the lead up to the Florida Derby, um, right? Yeah, the Holy Bull was first. Who won that? You remember? Uh, Hades, Chalky. Hades. Hades won. Yes. All right. Well, he is not in this race. He is not. Does not look like the first three, okay. finish, the first three finishers from that race are not running in this one. Are they take they going right to the Florida Derby or are they going somewhere else? I wish I had that answer for you, but I don't. But we do have the um, Breeders' Cup winner, right? In Locked, the uh, who was the favorite in the um, he didn't win favorite, but did not oh, win. No, no, no. His uh, uh, pledges other horse won. Fear who was the favorite in Fierceness. the uh, yeah, he was the favorite in the Holy Bowl. Yep, and lost. And lost. All right, Chalky, you want to uh, kick us off with some thoughts? Um, I, it's. I mean, we're not going to go through every one. No, so I, I mean the the uh, now there's there's two horses that are cross centered in in a race tomorrow i don't i couldn't find out whether either of them are well speakeasy's running speakeasy is running in the film if he is running in the speakeasy fountain, is running okay in the fountain. that's interesting okay um mm-hmm. so that Who, who's the other you know. uh the other one cross center i think he was one of the pigs later on but um uh six merit was entered in the same race tomorrow uh saffy joseph just got uh Savvy joseph with zayas so um, but he wasn't, he wasn't on there anyway. So, I mean, speakeasy, uh, highest buyer coming in. The two highest buyers are two, one, two horses coming out of the same main special weight, um, with only one race under their belts. That's speakeasy, the one and victory Avenue, the three, um, both look to be close to the pace. The morning light favorite is Dornock, who, uh, he's like pretty up there in the futures as well, isn't he? He is. He's, he's one, he's, ma- he's full of mage. 
He's just full or half the mage. I forget. Yeah, he's a we. Is he full to mage? I believe he's a full. Yes. He's, I watched him yeah. run at Saratoga last year. Um, and there was that crazy main special way. Yeah, he, he ran second. It was a sloppy track that day. Um, but he beat last time out in the Remsen, uh, Sierra Leone, who ran is now like the darling of the horses that can yeah. actually run the Derby. Um, along with um, I guess Timberlake, who won at Oaklawn last week. Um, and also drum roll, please, who won his next race out. But those three horses there all look, are going to look to want to be on or close to the pace. So things would get a little hot. Um, so I'm going to go with locked as my top choice. Um, it's his first race back since the juvenile, which was his only loss. Um, didn't run a great race, but not terrible. It actually didn't come back slow on the figures and he doesn't need to be on the lead. So... I think if it gets hot up front, he's going to be the most likely horse to come in from behind, sitting close off. And I don't know that I, I mean, one of the two first timers could easily just be that good and, and run off with it and hang on. Doorknock, um, I just, I don't, I don't, even though he's been flattered by the horses behind him that have won, um, he's not running particularly fast numbers, at least in the buyers. You know, we have, I haven't looked at the sheets. Um, so while his competition has been there, I, I'm just, I'm not buying him at, as the uh, favorite at two to one, certainly. So I'll go with Locke to the eight as my top choice. Now, if I remember, Dornock, he had a bad um, trip in one of the races, but he he like couldn't he hung a little bit in one of the races as well. Might have been the first one, um, and then the ones he won, he was pretty much on the lead. And so it depends if you think he's not going to get the lead, he's probably in a little bit of trouble. Um, and then with I don't have the numbers. Victory Avenue, I guess the two. Is that, that's Mage's connection? Was Delgado? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Victory Avenue. Right, so this is the. That's a three, I think, Victory same, Avenue. The, okay. He's yeah. a three. Yeah, he's a three. So that's the same path as Mage, right? Well, he won the Maiden Special. Seven furlong. Yeah. Right. And he ran really well in the uh, Fountain of Youth, if I recall. He did. And then, mm. right. So. Or Florida, like Florida Derby, right? He ran. He ran. I think he, yeah, I think he ran. Florida Derby was his better prep race. Yeah, he like came from way off the lead. I think in the in the Fountain Youth. Yeah, work. but similar similar line. So something to think about, Jason. Your thoughts? So I had five horses I wrote down that I had some interest in. Obviously, I'm going to mm -hmm. narrow it down. But um, you know, we'll start with the one speakeasy. Um, he he ran that huge race in uh. You know, his maiden race last out, he wasn't the favorite. Victory Avenue to three was. But Speakeasy got a four uh, buyer, uh, not buyer, four uh, on the, the thoroughbreds. Um, ran huge. I don't know if he could if he could duplicate that. Um, but, I mean, to run a four your first out is, is pretty strong. Uh, Victory Avenue, like I said, he was the big, he's the three in this race. He was the big favorite in that race. Um, and he didn't run bad. Uh, but you know, he just, uh, you know, he, 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 uh, speakeasy just kind of like ran him down, um, at the end of the race. So, um, with him being the, the, the big favorite, the first day out and with these connections and all, I'm probably going to lead to him as my top choice, but I'm, I'm also going to, going to mention a couple other horses here. Actually, no, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think he is my, going to be my top choice actually. I do think Doorknock, the um, the five, is going to be my top choice. Um, he actually paired sixes in his last two races. So, and I believe in the um, the you know those were his like 
those were his improvements, right? So he he ran a six in his uh, second uh, to last race, and then he ran a six again in his last race. I think he's ready to to, to move forward here. Um, you know, I always like Saez. Um, he is going to be speed, but Gulfstream is a speed favoring track. So you know, whereas Locked is might potentially be a better derby type horse. Um, I don't like closers at, at, at Gulfstream Park. So I, I want somebody that's going to be close to the pace. I think Locke might be a little too far back. Um, and yeah, also... He'd be better with a little more distance as well. So. And not only that, Locke hasn't run, right? He hasn't run since the Breeders' Cup. So, like, is this is this Pletcher putting him in a race just to get in the race for, you know, and then he's going to follow up with the Florida Derby with him? Um, but I know Locke was supposed he to... had speak easy cross-centered and going into this race. He must not think he's, you know what I mean? He, well, I think locked was supposed to run in the Sam Davis and something happened. So, um, he's stuck to run to get the points. I think he's, yeah, I think he's trying to get him. I mean, he's probably in good shape with him for for races last year. Um, I mean, I think the fact that they're two different running styles potentially, then, you know, it's like, Hey, if this one wins great, but they're not going to kill each other going up front, probably plays a little bit, um, into that thought maybe, but, and Pl- Pletcher also doesn't, he doesn't run three preps, like, to the Derby. So if he's going to run one of the big runs with a horse, and then you'll get one other one. So he, sitting him out, he had fierceness and the and another horse, I think, in the other one. So if he, he might not have wanted to run three in that, in the Holy Bull. Um, so. Yeah. And well, Jason, that... with, um, before you give that other horse, you said Dornock, so... Do you think he's going to be on the lead or do you think he went off the lead? Uh, you know, I think he's going to be prominent, right? Um, I think because the two might... other ones are coming from sprints. What They're coming from sprints. Yeah. I mean, as I read, he's usually not as aggressive in dirt. You know, does I read maybe try to sit off with speakeasy? I would think. He's and then. Right. Then you have basically Saez against Velazquez for on speed. I would, I would side with Saez, you know, as far as being a speed yeah. rider. Yeah. Um, and I just like that he paired his sixties. I think he's ready to, to jump up. So, um, uh, you know, I, I, I like Dornock. He's going to be my top choice. I did want to mention one other horse though. Uh, Merritt. I know Chalky kind of called him a pig. I, I don't know about that. He's the six. Um, he's another one. He's run two races. He's run eights in both races on the thoroughgraph. Um, and you know, I think he runs a style that if, if speakeasy tries to get the lead and if victory Avenue is up there and then if Doranok is up there, is Merrick get the first run on those horses, right? Is he going to be sitting like in that, in that third or fourth spot? And then, you know. He's kind of, kind of come on, you know, I like his, like I said, I like his thoroughgraph numbers. Um, at Safi Joseph and Gulfstream at 15 to one, I think you could do worse than him in this race. So, but I'm going to make Dornock the five, my top choice, but I'm, you know, I'm going to mess around with, with that, that six merit. Yeah. I mean, I just think if speakeasy can run, even regress a little and gets the distance with what you're saying, where I. I see Doorknock and Victory Avenue fighting it out for the lead. And I see Irad sitting 
the perfect trip. And it is right Akbad. He's the best jockey. So, yeah. Right. Sitting right off. And if Speakeasy can go buy horses, um, which, you know, he didn't have the lead per se for the first quarter mm-hmm. of the race. Um, and Pletcher trains him to sit off and go. So I think Speakeasy is going to be the, the winner. I think he's also going to go off as the favorite with that number, I would think. He might. Um, but Thurnock, I can't argue with. Um, I mean, I, I kind of see it as there's only three horses can win in Doorknock, Victory Avenue, and Speakeasy. And I think Victory Avenue is by far the third best of those two. But ultimately, I would go with uh, Speakeasy as my winner. I read Pletcher again within the Sound of Youth, as they did last year. Um, and, you know, I don't really, that Frank, Frankie's Empire, I think, is bred pretty well. Um, Yates had, uh, I think he had that real big bomb in the, the Philly race last year. Can't remember the name. So he can win, um, races. So I, I would mess around with that horse a little bit in the exotics, but speak easy for me. Anything else you guys want to give out a try or exact there? Or- Trophy, you your, your pick was locked. Yeah, I went with lock. Lock. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, um, third horse to me. No better than third. Who's that? Locked. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're asking me, um, like I said, I'm going to mess around with that merit. I think he's, uh, I think he's, he runs this, uh, you know, a stalking style that, that might put him in a good spot here. Uh, for the board, at least. Um, Do we know if he's running now? This I don't know for sure. He is the pro-centered horse. Yeah, I, I, that one I don't know for sure. Yeah, I guess that uh, he was 5-1 to one in the morning line. I don't know if that, that would have made him second choice against Speakeasy. So I guess if Joseph, that's obviously a softer spot. So if Joseph man, might go there, he was going to be the favorite. But um, but that's an optional claim, I'm assuming, right? This is a four hundred thousand dollar purse. Yeah, it's an optional claim. I don't know what the purse on that would be, but if Joseph thinks he's running for third here, might get just as much win in the race. But then you're clearing a condition too, so that's also part. I mean, I said he's a pig, but I mean, it's perhaps overstaying a little bit. I mean, I I think four, six, seven, and even nine are are horses you can mess around with in third place if you're going to use some of the favorites up top. Um, I mean, if they all hang around, it's not going to pay much unless you go real light and hammer it. So if there's a hot pace up front, you know, speed might hold for one. Lock might come and pick up second or third. And then one of these other closers might clean up the last piece if you want to mess around a little bit with that. Yeah, I thought um, Rio Macho was another horse. He took the blinkers off and then kind of ran his best race. So not win, but one for the exotics as well. All right. Anything else? So we'll wrap this baby up. All right, episode 95, Broadsheet Hustle next week is our baseball show. Great night.